In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Actually, yesterday uh, we were at a marriage retreat, and I kind of had to relook at the whole Samaritan woman in a different way because I learned so much yesterday. So today we're we're gonna look at how Jesus is a perfect husband that dealt together with a Samaritan woman. So we can all learn to live a life of a beautiful kid of families that we enjoy in our homes. Obviously, the first thing that we see our Lord Jesus Christ did today, that he actually made time for the Samaritan woman. If any of you guys know, geographically, uh, Galilee is in the north and the Judah is in the south. So it is, it is logical to go through Samaria because it's in the middle. But a lot of people refuse to go, the Samar- to go through the Samaria because there is no dealing between the Jews and the Samaritan. There is no dealing between them. But so our Lord Jesus Christ said, I, will, I must go. I must reject the common understanding and the common busyness and the common things that people do that prevents me from spending time with my spouse. So you see that Jesus said, I will go through Samaria, I will spend time with the Samaritan woman alone. And I think one of the things that we were learning yesterday is how we as families, we don't, spouses especially, don't spend enough time together. Um, yesterday I was surprised, when I was sharing a statistic, he said that people, who, families who pray together regularly, come to Sunday regularly together, they have a lower chance of divorce. They come together as a family, they pray as a family. They have a very lower chance of divorce. A lot of times in our life, we make time for everything as families, but we don't make time for ourselves as a husband and wife, as a family, to sit together and get to know each other, spend more time with each other. And that becomes sometimes a reason for us to become strangers from each other. After a while, we become a stranger. The same, by the way, thing applies to our relationship with God. Saint Isaac the Syrian, he said, if I don't talk constantly to God, eventually I will lose the freedom of talking to him. And some people say, I pray to God in the morning and at night. But throughout the day, nothing. So then when you talk to God, it feels forced, it feels tiring. Because I don't lift up my heart to God throughout the day. I thank him for this, I share with him that, I talk to him about this. It's tiring. Same thing with our families. If we don't talk and make time for each other, it becomes a problem. Especially the time for parents to pray together without the kids. Because sometimes we as parents get so busy with so many things that we don't pray together. And it doesn't have to be something that is formal. Like we can even just lift up our hearts for a few minutes together. We can, we can pray from the Agbeya one time, we can pray a part of the Tazbaha one time. But we have to pray together. When we pray together, we see the genuineness of the human heart. We see the genuineness of the human heart. Tell you guys, to be honest with you, one of the blessings 
I can I like I consider that God allowed us to see, for example, in confession. When a soul comes and confesses to God its sins, it is so beautiful. It is so pure. And God looks at this moment, wow. Even though, even though the soul is saying it sins, it says what it did wrong. But it, it's so beautiful moment. Imagine the moment when we all stand up together and pray. Not time with the kids, but time with the spouses together as a family. Makes a huge difference. Makes a huge difference. The second thing that Jesus did today, Jesus could have reached to the level of the Samaritan woman. You know, like in the Bible, the Bible today says, hey, Jesus got tired. If you look in the Bible, I don't remember where else this phrase is mentioned. When he fasted 40 days, he said he was hungry. When he came to the cross, he said, I can't wait for this hour. When he came for the Samaritan woman, he said, what? I am tired. What does it mean, I am tired? God, the incarnate, is using human limitation to relate to us. To reach our levels. It is not healthy for me to feel like I am working on my spiritual life alone, away from my family, away from my spouse, away from my children, away from my siblings. I'm happy that I come to church and take communion and, 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 and I don't care about anybody else in the house. God says no. That if you come to church with some struggles to bring your family in, it's much better when you come early and leave your family behind. God said, I was tired. I was tired. When we come to church and pray together and carry the burden of the house together, God says, this is a sacrifice of love with prayer. You know, I tell you guys something. Somebody was talking to me yesterday. He told me, Muna, we were very, very tired at work. If I told them there is a secret in the spiritual life, what is the secret? You have two choices. Either to do what God wants you to do, and sometimes you'll be tired, but you lift up your hearts for one minute, and God gives you all the grace you need. Or the other choice, to be selfish, would try so hard to get something, something very small. But God is calling us as families to come together. Even if I have to put in some effort. I remember one of the youth of the church told me something beautiful. You know what's the best thing that my parents taught me? I told her, what is it? They required us to always take one night a week, not leave the house. There's one night a week where we stayed in the house. But when COVID hit, he told me we were so used to sit in the house. They would serve and do everything the other six days. But there's one night they have to sit together in the house. Rule. He told me it forced us to, be to become creative, to enjoy the family, enjoy the house, get together. So now the rest of the time will come, but we know I have a day of rest. I have a day with God. 
This is how God acts as a beautiful husband to a human soul. Jesus, when he came to the Samaritan woman, he didn't try to kind of highlight the negative in her life. He came to her and asked for a favor. Would you give me water? I'm thirsty. And by the way, when Jesus was trying to kind of lift her up and bring her to worship and bring her to, to, to become close, because a lot of times we feel the same frustration. Like you might try to reach out to your spouse, or your family, and they don't want to wake up and they're lazy and, and, and all the excuses we give. The same thing the Samaritan woman did with Jesus. The first thing she did, she belittled him. She told him, you don't even have a basket. When people in the old days, they used to travel, they will carry a basket with them. For little, you're not even intelligent enough, you're not even like careful enough to have a basket with you, so when you travel, to get water. Now you're telling me you have secret water? That the basic common sense you don't do. You know, it's the same, same thing when you wake up, for example, your kids to, to church or your spouse, your spouse might tell you, you go to church and you do nothing, you still do all the bad things, and you kind of feel discouraged. No. God didn't feel discouraged. He continued with love and gentleness and kindness to try to talk to, to, a, to the Samaritan woman. The, the last thing we see Kedah, today, and I think it's really beautiful, that God has given the Samaritan woman something she could not dream of. What is she could not dream of? All, all her imagination is she can get a water, from a, a water from a well, which is the water in the well is stagnant, does not move, which means that it can actually grow bacteria over time. But God told her, I'm going to give you flowing water. You know, like in, uh, in people who work in science, when you have water that's flowing, what happens? The kinetic energy kills the bacteria. So you don't need, if you have a water that's stagnant for a while, it's not healthy to drink. Sometimes you have to, to, to measure what's, what's happening inside. Allah, I'm going to give you something healthy and permanent and constant. Halbalko, Samaritan woman, did something that we all do. She told him, it looked like she was a, you know, she was a servant before. It looks like she knew God a bit more. So she told him, my, my ancestor used to worship there. And the Jews worship here. God told her, look, all your past, all the visions that you have of failed marriages or broken families that, that we came out from, it's not, it's not going to matter. And all the visions that you have for yourself of Jerusalem is not going to matter. Today, I'm going to give you a new vision, a new spring of water, something you cannot imagine. Work with me and see what will happen. Work with me and see what will happen. Pray together, see what will happen. Try to care for each other spiritually, see what will happen. Try to intentionally put the distraction away uh, and see what will happen. I remember in a story, Kida, when the uh, first time I went to Africa, we had a servant with us from Chicago. He was an older uncle and his wife. I think they're probably in their 70s. So last day, we went to the zoo to go visit, like, you know, the kids, I saw the kids, they left all the zoo, were walking behind Tantu Ammu. I thought something happened, I came across, 
لقيت ذا تو اولد تو كابلز ات ذا 70 هولدنج هاند اند توكينج كده هافينج ا رومانتيك توك ووك فاول ذا كيدز بيهايند ذيم يو نو بقى مش اول حاجه فكده اول ووكينج لوكينج ذيم اند لوكينج ات ذيم اند ذي وير لايك فيري فيري وات فيري امبرست تو سي a beautiful icon of a christian marriage where people almost up to 70 years and still can be intimate with god now the god is coming by the way everything that god does today not only within a spouse but also with my relationship with god i remember a long time ago a psychiatrist something said something beautiful he said that a, a parent should always look at their children as guests in their house The original relationship is the relationship of the two spouses, and the kids will leave eventually. And they need to work on, and, on nourishing the relationship to the same thing with God. I have a relationship with God. Everything that comes in my life is a gift. The foundation is my relationship with God. Illness, sickness, marriage, cool, all the stuff is, is addition. The flat, the baseline is my relationship with God. Today, let's in the liturgy. try to revive this relationship with God. Well, hopefully, could all of us turn off our cell phones at some point in the church. That will be a great blessing, truly. Because when we come to church, we're coming to spend time with God. It's very sad that we distract people in the church. When we go to lectures for schools for hours, when we go to work for hours, all have our cell phones off. We come to church, somehow everybody forgets the turn-off button. I don't know why. Okay? We have to do this. Church is important. We're not coming here to just to show up. We're coming to participate. But today, we want in the liturgy to reignite our relationship with God. You know, I, uh, last thing, we were having a discussion with the youth last, last week, and then one of the fathers of us said something beautiful. He said, Every time we come to worship, a lot of time we're focused that worship is for us and about us. And he said, actually, sometime worship is for you to go to God and praise Him and to revive your relationship with Him. It's not always I want, I need, I this, I that. Sometimes the basic elements of the relationship have been disconnected for a long time. But hopefully, kid, as we come to liturgy today, we all try to reignite our relationship with God and ask God to help us to make new promises as we deal with our families, as we deal with our spouses, that we start kid, a strong life in Christ. And glory be to God forever and ever.